of Dalrymple is pulling out his handcuffs and walking out of the dining room, uh, down the length of the boat, and coming around to the bar area to meet you where you were standing. It is currently raining, and you can hear him coming. Now, now, Miss Carter, put the weapon down, and please put your hands up. Hyacinth accidentally points the weapon at him as she turns around and uh, says, Oh, Sheriff Dalrymple, hold on. I'm not a... Oh, this? Whoa, 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 ma'am. No need to get violent. All the guests are looking at you. He drops the machine. <laughs> okay. Um, the guests are still all looking at you through the dining room windows. Yele uh, has stopped uh, stirring a pitcher of sangria. He is staring. Edgar is staring intently at you. He points two fingers at his own eyes and then points to you as if he's watching you very obviously. And Sheriff Darrymple's holding the handcuffs in his hands. He's holding them up so you, you can see them. He's like, okay, now slowly, uh, show me your hands. Oh, now, Sheriff Darrymple, don't be silly. You know that we're just investigating. There's no crime that, that Hyacinth committed. I never know with you two. I mean, you've seen a lot of crimes and murders. I can't put it past you. And plus, I got another pair for you. And he pulls out another pair of handcuffs out you of his pocket. You think we did it? Us? Please, Sheriff. Sheriff, Sheriff, ask anyone on this boat. We've been with people the whole time. He looks to the dining room window where all the guests are sort of crowded and watching what's happening, but they can't hear anything. And he looks to you. It's like, it's best if you come with me inside. Yeah, Hyacinth nods and follows. Maxine also follows, but she is a little bit ticked off. And so those two lead, and Maxine uh, very expertly picks up the machete and puts it in her bag. Because that's evidence. Uh, so you enter the dining room with Sheriff Dalrymple. People are murmuring and uh, shushing each other, and they're all watching intently. <laughs> okay, what are you doing with that? And he points to the machete. We're just doing what you're doing, Sheriff. Investigating. Or, more aptly, what you should be doing, since you... It took you how many hours to get here? Meanwhile, the two of us have been busy at work figuring out who has committed the crime. Now, 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 now. I, what are you saying? You, you, this is not your jurisdiction. Why are you two old biddies always sticking your nose into where it doesn't belong? Hyacinth pulls out her big magnifying glass for effect and says, Because we're detectives, Sheriff. And you can't leave that behind when you go on a trip on the high seas. Even at brunch. I am your keeper, Jen De La Vega. Welcome back to Brindlewood Bay. Let's cut to the opening credits. And we fade into drone camera footage, slowly circling an island, not unlike your Nantuckets or Martha's Vineyards, you know, like Vashon Island. Interspersed with visuals of landmarks and graveyards, we get snapshots of our mavens in the midst of their cozy activity. Ijan, you're going to start us off. Please reintroduce the name of your character and what are they doing in the opening credits? Uh, and 
a reminder specifically for you, you marked Shadow in the Garden in your cozy vignettes. So you must also narrate how dark entities subtly reveal themselves in the scene. <laughs> Hyacinth Carter, uh, expert detective and also uh, expert uh, potter, uh, is for once is going to going to the, the, the a pottery studio. She's going to put her work that she's made over the, the course of the season in a kiln. She's firing her her yeah. pots and shit and mugs and and whatever she's made and she's she's glazing she's firing she's doing it all so she pulls up to the studio walks back to the kiln and puts in her her wares of course lurking outside the studio which is all glass windows you can always see what's going on inside is a person in an unseasonable dress it's clearly spring outside but they're in a big fucking coat with a big hat and you can't really see, and, and it's all it's all black with big black boots uh, and you can't see anything of them they are completely covered whoa but they are clearly watching hyacinth as she does this we're cutting to another scene in the opening credits um please tell me what each of you would be wearing on a normal day obviously um a very floral cardigan that is uh, nice. crocheted it's um so hideous it's cool again right <laughs> And Maxine is wearing a very smart pantsuit matching. Love it. Uh, you both are sneaking around a corner at night and run into your doppelgangers who are wearing the exact same things as you, except the woman who looks like Maxine is wearing what Hyacinth is wearing and Hyacinth's twin is wearing what Maxine is wearing. How do you react? Hyacinth points and, and like claps her hand over her mouth. <gasps> and Maxine runs up and asks the lookalike of her, where did you get your hair done? <laughs> Shannon, please reintroduce your character and inject a little bit of uh, scary bits in there. Maxine is in uh, Genevieve's hair salon getting her hair blown out. And she's kind of going on and on telling a story and she's kind of gathered there's a lot of other women in the salon who are kind of like almost like waiting on her every word as she gesticulates kind of very largely telling a story and then we pan over to the um hair wash station right next to where they're working and we pan into the water and we see a reflection of a dark figure over the edge then we cut away. Hyacinth and Maxine are wearing matching sweat sets and jogging on the beach. <laughs> uh, both of you, please roll 1d6. Um, Four. Three. Nice. Uh, right in the middle, because one would be out of shape, and six, you're running much faster than other people. But four and three, you are uh, in pace with each other, and you both are chasing after the young shirtless lad uh, who is running ahead of you. <laughs> and uh, you kind of make eyes at each other like, hmm, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you're on Maxine's patio with piles of mystery books and cups of tea. Earl Grey for Maxine and English breakfast for Hyacinth. Except this time, four teacups clink on a close-up. It zooms out to show that your doubles are joining you for tea. Hoot! <laughs> <laughs> So we open on the dining room. It is tense. You are 
discussing what you're doing with Sheriff Darrymple. You know, you have a history with him. He always wants to fight you on this. Um, so he's really trying to stand his ground on this particular case. But as he uh, moves to yell at you more, Isabel pushes through the crowd. I can't do this. I can't do this. And she drunkenly starts elbowing people and shoving through the crowd. And she jumps off the boat. <gasps> Yele runs after her. You are cut off. She's swimming? Like, is she fine? You go and look? Yeah, Heisen yeah. runs toward uh, the closest life preserver and then to the deck. Yeah, Yele dives in after her, and she's just uh, crying and struggling, uh, and Yele kind of swims back to the side of the boat and uh, would love that life preserver. Yeah, Hyacinth tosses it and then uh, gives him a little salute. Thank you, Miss Carter. And uh, he's dragging Isabel back onto the boat, and it's sort of broken the tension that you've been having with the sheriff. And um, he's kind of like tapping his foot, uh, you know, as Isabel's getting escorted back into the room, and a blanket gets wrapped around her. It's like, what do you suppose we do now? And I think this is a perfect time to go over our suspects. Oh, yes, of course. Our suspects. <laughs> da -da -da! <laughs> Yeah, I think um, Isabel is obviously a suspect. She's been acting erratic the whole time. And also just tried to leave the boat uh, by jumping off. Isabel is sopping wet and she wrings out her graying black hair. And we have a freeze frame on her as she's mid-sneeze. You know, she has a finger under her nose and freeze frame. What are a few things you remember about her? Mm, she's a fixture in town. She does a lot of things and they're not, like Hyacinth is not close with her. Isabel also gave me some attitude when I first approached her to ask her some questions about what had just happened at Esther's death. Um, she also throws dinner parties, uh, which Hyacinth and Maxine have not been invited to yet. She wears glasses, and she is most known for being the owner of Brenda Wood Bay Books, BBB. Bookstore lady. Um, we're going to end on a quote from her. You know, we're still freeze-framed as she's mid-sneeze. My dinner parties are the most exclusive events in town. And we unfreeze for her to complete that sneeze. And she grabs a random glass to see if there's anything in it. She turns it upside down. There's nary a drop. She is disappointed. Uh, who is next in your lineup? Uh, Genevieve, the hairdresser. She's also a suspect. All right, we have Genevieve in the corner of the dining room. She is wringing her hands, and upon seeing her reflection in a silver platter, she fixes her hair, and we freeze frame on that. What do we know about Genevieve? Um, that she is uh, a hairdresser, and she's friends with Maxine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've had, we had some weird interactions with her, I think. Didn't we hear her outside, or when we were in the bathroom, didn't we hear her through, like, a vent? It wasn't confirmed who that was, but you did overhear a second conversation between Genevieve and Isabel. Yes, right. right, right. They were arguing over what? We're not too sure. Um, Shannon, do you remember anything else about Genevieve? Like, basics. So she she owns a hair salon, but she um, actually is a person who has had multiple businesses. For example, she was a former DJ I have down here. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. maybe sort of, you know, uh, a jack of all trades, 
kind of person. Yeah. She's also owned the bakery, a supermarket, a car repair shop, and surprisingly, a defense contractor? What? Um, <laughs> so we're still frozen on her checking herself out in a platter, and we have a quote from her. Oh, honey, you look like you need a blowout. She, we unfreeze her, and she makes a who me gesture. <laughs> who me? All right, who else is on your list? Well, of course, we have Chin. Yes, Chef Chin. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chef Chin Adia is pacing in the hallway. Uh, she's not sure if she should go into the galley or to the dining room. Uh, we freeze on her tripping over herself. Uh, what do we know about her? Um, she's the chef for the boat. Um, her twin sister died and is on is the mm-hmm. dead person on the boat, or one of the dead people on the boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, there was a shattered br- maroon brooch with their family name on it. Um, mm-hmm. near the, her dead sister, Aster. But yeah, I think that's that's all I got. Uh, yeah, in Maxine's conversation with Chin, what did you learn about Chin's dream? Well, we've learned that she's worked for the boat for a very long time. Her family kind of has worked for this boat family for a long time. But she actually doesn't want to be there. She wants to open up her own restaurant Um, And her sister was supposed to help her out in building that restaurant. Cool. So we're frozen on her mid-trip, and uh, we hear a quote. She says, no one here has any real taste. And we unfreeze on her steadying herself and accidentally tilting a framed painting on the wall, and she very uh, minutely adjusts it back. Uh, Anyone else on your list? Uh, Edgar. Edgar, our buddy Edgar. He's creepy, man. He, he oh. I mean, he did leave the boat, so he's probably not responsible for uh, Zoa's murder, but, you know, he, he's suspicious as a character. Definitely. Um, he is currently holding Merlin the cat and petting him very creepily. Uh, we freeze frame and zoom in on his scowl. After the freeze frame. Yeah, we zoom in afterward. <laughs> what do we know about him? He's very superstitious. And he works on the ship as sort of like an engineer figure. Right. Uh, He's slightly older than everyone else. He's in his 70s. But yeah, he's very grumpy and superstitious. On the freeze frame, his quote is, Oh, bananas on boats are bad. Bad luck. (laughs) I forgot Um, about that. We unfreeze and Merlin jumps out of his arms. Is there anyone else on your list? Yella. Well, Mm? yeah. Yeah, but he's been at work the entire time or so we assume true we do assume uh yella is sitting next to isabel on a bench he is also wet uh we freeze frame on him unbuttoning his shirt halfway (laughs) Uh, what do we know about yella uh that he's flirty he's the ship's bartender and he's very tattooed oh he's also kind of cut is that is that true oh yeah uh early 60s Yep. Mm-hmm. He makes, makes drinks. a mean cocktail. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's making the drinks of the boat. And, you know, we know that our first suspect did have like a foamy substance in her mouth. So like you, you can't you can't rule him out. That's true. Yeah. Aster may have died from drinking something. Don't know. We don't know. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he is the ship's a roguishly handsome bartender. And on his freeze frame, his quote is, I look forward to servicing you, ladies. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Heisen fans herself a little bit. 
<laughs> there we go. I love it. I love it. We unfreeze and he bursts open his shirt in a way that is way too sexy for this show. Ah. Whoa. Woo. Everybody's fanning themselves. Even the crew that is shooting this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think that's... Sheriff Dalrymple. I wouldn't put it past him. He wouldn't put it past He wasn't on the boat. <laughs> I mean, I guess we should. I guess we have to be thorough. I guess we do have to be thorough. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain this. Uh, what do you know about Sheriff Dalrymple? He's a sheriff. He's annoying. He's always showing up late. <laughs> He's rude. Very rude. We have a freeze frame of him. He's ripped his hat off in frustration, and uh, he's about to wag his finger at you when we freeze frame. He says, believe you me, no one is more frustrated if I haven't to ask for help from a bunch of old biddies than I am. It's only fair. If he's going to make us be suspects, then we have to turn the tables on he's him. He's also got to be a suspect. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think um, I feel like I'm forgetting one of the ship like uh, admin people. As you say this, a montage of photos of Zoa uh, sort of stack mm. onto the screen Zoa is sweeping the deck. He's uh, the janitor. He is the concierge. He's taking your tickets. Um, he's selling the tickets on the pier. He is the dishwasher for Chin. He is setting up a promotional wiggly arm air dancer. <laughs> Zoa Ikino, and finally, freeze frame on his dead, shocked face. A red stamp overlays with uh, big letters, deceased. Um. He could have been responsible for at least one of the murders. We don't know. For sure. The screen turns black and white with this, the, the red letters deceased still red. Um, we hear his quote, let's hope we get through this today. And it echoes today. Um, we unfreeze on that same last photo because he's not alive and the camera lingers a little too long. How does this play out? Have you all been doing this in your head or are you doing this out loud? Like, tell me how you are sort of processing all of this information. I mean, uh, I think Hyacinth is going through this in her head because obviously Sheriff Dalrymple is pretty upset. Um, so I, I think I think we're just standing there no? just like hands up. Yeah, you're just standing there. And he uh, Sheriff Dalrymple was. You know, all the tension's been uh, sucked out of the room because Isabel just ran off the boat. Uh, he he literally doesn't know what to do with you two. Uh, so he he relaxes and he's like, okay, you can put your hands down. But, you know, what leads do we have right now? Who could have done this? Well, Sheriff, and we tell him exactly what we just went through. <laughs> sure. For Maxine, how she processes information, she's an actress, right? So she likes to try to pull at the character's motivation. So she kind of like likes to embody each character and kind of <laughs> assume what their motivations are, kind of doing like impressions of them. Amazing. Uh, so you are, are sort of doing this on your own in the middle of the dining room. And as you sort of point out each person, they sort of recognize that you are impersonating them. Yes. And guests don't know how to distance themselves far enough from this. Uh, they all start pushing to the corners of the room, trying not to be involved or worse yet, accused. 
all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm in my late 30s. I'm a naval officer. Yet the business I inherited is crumbling to the ground. What shall I do? Kill all my staff? Yes, yes. Then my <laughs> legacy will live on. Oh, that's incredible. But Zoa would not react because he's the dead body. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want me to give you another one? Uh, sure. Ah, my name's Isabel. Ah, my dinner parties are so amazing. I wonder how I could get Chin to be the chef at all my dinner parties. Maybe <laughs> I'll kill all her friends. <laughs> Upon you saying kill all her friends, we cut to commercial. In a world filled with crime, you always need a doctor. Tune in at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays for Crime Doctor. He doesn't just solve crime. He fixes bones that he broke. Crime Doctor. Bone Doctor. Love Doctor. They call him Doc for short, but his coat is so white and so long, and it's the last thing that criminals see before he breaks their bones one at a time in sequence. Goes right back and fixes them up, because that's what he does as a doctor. Crime Doctor, 5 p.m. Wednesdays, only on TBS. everyone, it's Jen De La Vega. When I'm not keeping your Brindlewood mysteries at bay, I'm studying up sea creatures for Vivian Lakewood to summon on Fun City. I follow all kinds of aquariums, marine biologists, deep water exploration, and folklore bestiaries. That's why I'm so excited about the Book of Extinction, a new way to experience the world of biology and conservation through the lens of Dungeons and Dragons. Our friends at Mage Hand Press have partnered with the Center of Biological Diversity to tell real stories of extinct animals as D&D monsters. I love this project because it's not just another D&D supplement. It has important takeaways about conservation biology. They focused on animals who suffered anthropogenic extinction, extinction caused by interaction with humans. They believe that if human behavior caused these extinctions, then our behavior can safeguard the future for other species. Make the games at your table a little wilder with Florida's fairy shrimp, golden toads, Japanese river otters, and sea minks. What? Tabletop role-playing and learning about the natural world? Sign me up. To learn more about the Book of Extinction, visit and back their Kickstarter project at deadmonstermanual.com. Again, that's deadmonstermanual, all one word, dot com. All right, folks, um, we are coming back to the dining room uh, and we're going to zoom out a little bit uh, as the keeper and as players. Let's theorize. Mm. Uh, here is how that works. Theorize in Brindlewood Bay is an open, freewheeling discussion about the solution to the mystery. Once you've gathered a number of clues equal to at least half of the mystery's complexity uh, and you reach a consensus. 
And we have a role associated with this, which I will go over uh, when you decide you've agreed on your solution. So let's go over all the clues that you have so far. Yes. Not counting your void clues. Um, Okay, so let's just go over your clues first. And then I think you two can just discuss how they string together. Beautiful. So first, the first clue we found was a brooch, a maroon brooch with the, um, the their family name was Adia. Adia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was broken. Oh. Oh, yes. Broken. You found some stock certificates oh, in yes. a strange hiding place that was on the sun deck. I believe Hyacinth is holding on to those. Yeah, the stock certificate. The news article that we found in the controls of the ship about the boats. Um, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, the clue that Zoa's in debt that we learned. Yes, that's a separate clue there. Yeah, that's four. Yeah, and what else you got? We also got. Uh, we heard a conversation um, in the furthest stall in the bathroom that basically they said, "Cut her out of the will. Harold will lose our money, or something like that." Yep. We couldn't identify whose voice it was, but someone's getting cut out of the will. Um, in the dumbwaiter, yes, we found a folio of receipts for furs, jewelry, and cars. Extravagant purchases, yes. Yeah. And that's six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already said the argument. Oh, wait, no, you didn't say the other argument. Oh, yes. We didn't say the other argument between Isabel and Genevieve. It was not clear what they were arguing about. Yes. What else? Uh, Maxine found something in Chin's kitchen? Yes, I found numbers that next to her kind of very neat, you know, organization. There seemed to be like a series of numbers scribbled in the margins. Seems like something that was kind of like done quickly or just seemed a little out of place. Uh, And then up in the captain's quarters, Hyacinth found... Or looked at something. <laughs> oh, on the balcony. Oh, no, no, no. It was inside. It was your, your dead oh, taxidermied yes, yes, yes. animal. The, the, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> we saw a phone, Jack. Was that what we were yeah. looking mm-hmm. for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's connected to the animal that was right. on the wall. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So is the animal on the wall a clue or is that a void clue? No, that was a clue so that you could find the phone, Jack. Ah. Got it. So we'll just yeah. call that one the phone, Jack, then. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, yeah, the satellite phone was ripped out of the wall or whatever. Um, and then your final clue is the last one that you just got. The machete. Machete. Yeah. The ru- it was it's rusty, right? It's a it's a Yeah. It has pieces of uh metal. So someone presumably used it uh recently. Maybe in the engineering room. <laughs> but it was in it was in Yella's kitchen. Yeah, in, in, in the, the bar area. Yeah, the bar yes. trash can, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, those are your clues. You have 10. So that's a really good probability for solving this mystery. But now you two need to discuss what you think happened here. And uh, we had to make an accusation and roll for it. Yeah, so Shanna, I think, I'm thinking, um, I don't think Chin is, is a suspect. I mean, I mean, actually, no, sorry, take that back. Chin is, should be one of the prime suspects because she has the last name on the brooch and like, uh, is looking for money to start this dream yeah. business. And uh, there, there's got to be something fucky going on with the stock certificates. That is true. But 
the big question with Chin for me is that she didn't seem that upset that her sister died. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a that's a pretty big clue in retrospect. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, but you know, like we don't know what their relationship was. Like we don't know anything about them. So it's like that doesn't well, necessarily make you a murderer, but Well, the other thing is also that Zoa's dead, right? And I think that's also a clue. Um, yeah, because Zoa is he was the guy who was running the whole boats, right? He was it was his enterprise. And if he's dead, that means somebody else has to take over the franchise and yeah. hope. I mean, probably sell it. Right. Because if they're in debt, I mean, I guess if Zoa is in debt. But, you know, if, if you are willed a, a bunch of boats and, a, you know, a whole franchise of floating brunch spots, um, either you keep it or you sell it. And I assume it's worth a fair amount of money. And Chin would be the person who would benefit from that because her family's been working with Zoe's family for a long time, right? Yeah, you would think that maybe her family does have stock in something having to do with the business, some kind of investment maybe in the business where if it's sold, maybe she would get a cut. I mean, I imagine she doesn't seem like she's having the best time of her life as a chef on the boat. So the thing about Chin is whether or not she's a murderer, she definitely has motive. Mm. Good point. Good point. He has motive. <sighs> Did it have to be murder to do it? No. Do I? Does she seem like the murdering type? No, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and also, didn't Aster die right as the food was served? Like, was it wasn't that? Uh, dessert was about to be served. Right. So they'd had meals already. They'd had a meal already. Which mm-hmm, exactly. And who has access mm-hmm. to the food on the boat? Well, it's Chin. Right. Exactly. So that's also set up for for doing it. But at the same time, you know, she's not the only suspect because, like, even though we haven't really looked into Yella, Yella could be a suspect because, you know, again, working on the boat doesn't seem that fun. It seems like Zoa is kind of cutting corners, like anything to save money. And I could see Yella being like, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to end this boat. So I'm going to just kill the star and the owner. Or maybe it was intended, maybe whatever Astrid drank was intended for Zoa in the first place. So then oh. it just had to get the job done. It was just a mistake. Oh. Maybe she's a decoy. Oh, that makes more sense. You know snapped. what? I think that, 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 feels, that, that feels like stuff is falling into place. That right there. Yeah. Why would he plant a machete at his own bar? Right. Good question. And did we did we go down to the engine room and, and find a clue there? You didn't exactly find a clue, but it is implied now that the machete was used to cut the fuel line. Right, because the boat couldn't move. Yeah, yeah. So we we were looking for somebody who had access to the entire boat, a grudge against yeah. Aster and Zoa, who are both boat employees. And yeah, I think Isabel probably isn't capable of, of that because she doesn't have access to the rest of the boat. Neither does Genevieve. We don't know what uh, Isabel's deal with. You know, maybe she was having an affair with Zoa. <gasps> I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. And just maybe ch- she was jealous of Aster. Like I said, maybe she wanted Chin to be the chef of her dinner parties. And Chin was like, I'm too busy on the boat. And she was like, okay, I'm going to murder everyone on this boat. <laughs> yeah, that sounds plausible to me. I mean, could happen. <laughs> 
All right. Is anyone else like a lead suspect? I for think you? Chin is is probably the the my my big one. Um, I would have honestly said Zoa before he died. Um, but he's dead now. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing is that I really thought it was Zoa as well, but Zoa dying really, yeah, really makes it seem like it, Chin, Chin's got to be. Well, I mean, behind I, the, this. The other thing we could say, like maybe Zoa killed Aster, but probably not, right? Like he seemed too yeah. busy to have to deal with that, that extra sort of, you know, responsibility there. Okay, here's a really crazy thing. I'm going to stay. Oh, please. Maybe Chin worked with Yela <gasps> to do the crime. Maybe oh. they both want out. They've been having an affair. Okay? They want out. They know that they can't get out. And Yela's like, this is what we got to do. We we got to we got to kill your sister. We got to kill the boat captain. And then we can finally live without responsibilities to anyone else. And we can open up your restaurant and we can go off into the sunset. Yeah. And this is in this world, it's it's easier to kill someone than quit a job. I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> in this world, Two it murders. Is. It is. I love it. Um, yeah. So the next step in Theorize is that you two need to agree on who to accuse and what to use as backup evidence. I feel like we're we're agreed on Chin. It's definitely Chin. It's got to be Chin. And I think we have some good pieces of information. Also, didn't didn't Merlin not like Chin? Yes, that's good. Yeah, that's that's it. That seals it, you know? The cat yeah. doesn't like her. That's big. What do we think? I think we should take a moment to theorize what we think the numbers meant on her sheet according to ah. the- I thought those had something to do with the stock certificates. Like maybe it was an account number. Uh, or maybe it was the size of an inheritance, a potential inheritance. <gasps> or maybe it was like the size of how much the company was worth, the the boat company, Mr. Ooh, Excellent that, Boats. That is great. Maybe she's calculating. Okay, this is crazy. Maybe first she was calculating her share with her sister dead. And then she realized that her share would be much bigger if Zoa was dead. Maybe that was the calculation. Oh. Yeah, maybe she realized she would get the whole company if Zoa yeah. died. So she's Damn. like, I haven't, she kind of got the taste for blood. Like, oh, I can kill. I guess I'll kill again. Do we know how Zoa died? Do we know, do we have any information about that? Um, when you examined his body, he had the satellite phone cord wrapped around his neck. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, it would take somebody who was, you know, young and strong to do that. Apologies to the... Uh, <laughs> it's I, all signs point to chin. It takes it takes some some strength to work in a kitchen. You know that's imp, that's improvising a dish right there. Pulling out the satellite phone, using it to strangle a guy. Also, probably got close enough. Right, was probably someone that Zoa knew that like would get close enough to him to not be like freaked out that like oh she's like near close and near to me and then boom she strangles him. Yeah, because maybe he found out. I love that you two agree. So right now, we as Brindlewood Bay have been paused so that we could have this uh, <laughs> this discussion where we're going to go back into the show to uh, to the accusing. So Merlin has jumped out of Edgar's arms and is coming toward you, Hyacinth, for some pets. Uh, yeah, Hyacinth picks up uh, Merlin. Sheriff Dalrymple is sort of tapping his foot, like, 
I don't even know where to start. Like, I need to, you know, question every single person here, gather some evidence. I hope people haven't touched stuff. Oh, God. Jareth, My job is so hard. Sheriff, that won't be necessary, because you see, Hyacinth and I have already solved the crime. That's right. You have? That's right, Sheriff. We did your job for you before you even got here. Well, out with it. Uh, yeah, Hyacinth uh, starts using Merlin to gesture at people as sort of a prop, so she, she uses him to point at Genevieve. Says, Genevieve. Suspicious, oh, uh, don't you think? Me? Yes. Me? Suspicious? Extremely. Or... <gasps> what do you mean? I mean, the hair thing is obviously cover. But that's not important uh, right now. She couldn't have done the murder because she had no motive. And her, points at Isabel. She's a fixture in town. She has a bookstore. And where do you find information on how to commit murder? In a bookstore, in a book. But she could have done it either. Because she had no motive either. Maxine? Technically, that's true. Uh. And of course, we have the handsome, cut bartender. What could his motive have been? Could it have been a crime of passion? No, no. (laughs) No, it just doesn't make sense. And he was at work the whole time. Mixing delicious drinks. And she, uh, Hyacinth, winks at Yelly. I'm going to need one after this. But no, there is another suspect. Haven't mentioned yet. Edgar! And then she laughs. (laughs) No, I'm just playing. He's too weird to do the crime. (laughs) (laughs) Too weird! I agree. Way too weird. That's too weird. Sorry. He looks, he looks confused, but he goes... Oh, oh, oh um, thanks, I guess. <laughs> See? Weird guy. We all agree. Everyone on this boat agrees. Weird guy. But the real suspect, the one who we think, Maxine and I think, did the murder, is actually standing right beside you. He points with Merlin at Chin. Uh, how dare you? was hard. My sister is dead and you're accusing me? Why aren't you crying? Where were the tears? What do you mean? Did you hate your sister? Is that why you killed her? No. What about Zoa? Did you hate him too? No. Sure, Chin. It was difficult growing up, being part of a boat business, knowing that all you wanted was to put your food on solid ground. That's right. Chin never wanted to be a boat chef. She wanted to be a land chef. But of course, things were getting in her way. Things by the name of Aster and Zoa. And she's the only one here who stands to profit from those two deaths. Think about it. Zoa was in debt, but he did own the very boat we're standing on. And other boats. He puts her hands on her hips and looks at the sheriff. I'd like to see them prove this. Uh, Hyson pulls out her magnifying glass and uh, walks toward Chin and then examines her face with the glass. A little criminal aspect to your face, madam. Um, this is a night move. Uh, you are doing something kind of risky. You are accusing someone and getting in her face. And you're using your magnifying glass from your cozy little mm-hmm. place. Ew. So um, please roll 3d6 and add your top two. And magnifying glass. add the top two. 
Uh, well, they were all fours, so I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Four, so four, you four. got an eight. Yeah. Plus your presence score. Uh, zero presence. You got an eight. So on a seven to nine, you do what you intended, or you hold steady, and there is a complication or a cost. So you are getting up in Chin's face, and she's like, what are you doing? I don't see how this proves anything. You know a criminal when I see one? My magnifying glass is never wrong. Neither is Merlin. Uh, and she hands, she tries to hand Chin the cat. Merlin freaks out when uh, you try to bring uh, him to Chin, and so he scratches wildly. He scratches Chin on the cheek and scratches you on the cheek. <laughs> Dashing injury. But, Sheriff, there you have it. Merlin's never wrong. And she steps back toward Maxine. All right. And not to mention, besides Merlin being all the evidence we need, we've collected quite a stack of interesting pieces of information that point the murder straight at Chip. For example, we found on the body of Aster a broken maroon brooch with their family name. No doubt the two of them had a tussle right before Chin slipped a poison in her drink. Piece of evidence number two, a stock certificate with Chin's hands all over it. I'll give this to you, Sheriff Dalrymple, to submit to evidence, but I'm sure you'll see Chin's fingerprints all over this thing. Evidence that she was to inherit lots and lots of money when this ship went under. We also found all these receipts in the dumbwaiter. Where does the dumbwaiter go? To the kitchen, (gasps) where the murderer is. (gasps) You are piling all this evidence into Sheriff Dalrymple's hands, and he is, it's starting to stack high. And here we have Chin's notes. And you might see on the margin all these numbers scribbled up. Well, it's not just random numbers, no. These numbers were her cold-hearted calculations, figuring out how much money she was to inherit if her sister died, and then if the owner himself died. At this, she crosses her arms. Are you done yet? No! <laughs> and and Maxine's really, like, enjoying this. She's acting like she's got, like, the monologue of, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a big dramatic play. She's eating it up. She's getting into people's faces. She's doing theater in the round. I, I can tell you that all the other guests are wrapped. They are... <laughs> hanging on your every word. And may I present this newspaper article. As you can see here, life on the boat was getting rougher in the past few years. It pushed Chin over the edge. She got so upset at the conditions on the boat, them being in debt, that she was pushed to murder. Murder. And from behind all the stack of evidence, Sheriff Dalrymple says, murder. That's right. And I present to you the last piece of evidence. This very machete. Where do you find machetes? A kitchen. And you might think none of the suspects were slashed. So the machete's not a murder weapon. And you would be right. Uh, Isabel and Genevieve nod at each other like, yeah, that makes sense. 
Instead, this machete was used as a decoy, a decoy to try to throw the murder onto Yela. Yele. Who is right, right, Yele, who is innocent. He can't help it that he's extremely good looking. He didn't murder. And with that, Sheriff Dalrymple, I rest my case. And she bows. There's applause. Hyacinth sidles over to the sheriff and is like, so the thing with the machete actually, so it was um, <clears throat> used to cut the fuel line, which is why the boat can't move. Uh, and the other thing was, uh, it's not a murder weapon because the, the murder weapon for Zoa was actually the, the cord of the satellite <laughs> phone, which was ripped out of the wall and the captain's cap. Just so you and have all the As Hyacinth continues to say this, Maxine keeps on bowing. She's <laughs> bowing. <laughs> Yeah, um, Genevieve stands up to clap. Oh, wow, that was masterful. <laughs> okay, so you've made your case. Uh, and to complete the theorize move, one of you needs to roll to solve. Which one of you think you, uh, has uh, better luck? There's no advantage. Who of the two of you is confident in your rolling right now? Beesh has a better roller than me. I, I might have a better dice roller. Let's 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 bet it all on dice.run. Let's go. They don't sponsor let's us, but theorize. maybe they should. I don't think they can, <laughs> but maybe they should. Let's see how this roll goes and then maybe. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so you've reached your consensus. So you're gonna roll 2d6 plus the number of clues you've incorporated into your theory. Oh, that was like six clues. I think we had eight in there. Hi. Nice. All right. All right. All right, 2d6, and I'll add 8. Minus what? What? the mysteries. Fuck! This is the formula for theorize. It's minus the mysteries complexity, which is 6. Oh, so it really only gets a 2 bonus. All right, I'm going to roll it. All right. I wish you luck. Uh, 7? So that's a, I guess that ends up as a 9. You got a 9? 9. Total? Oh, my god. 2d6 is a 7 plus 8, which is 15, minus 6 is 9. Great. This is the correct yeah! solution. <laughs> Let's go. Do, 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 do. <laughs> However, uh, what? Come on. Uh, you both point a finger at Chin. You, you are, are the, the murderer. murderer. And at this moment, she doesn't say anything. She has her arms crossed, and she is trying to fake a smile. Like she's, she's. Her face is contorting. Like she doesn't know whether or not to laugh or cry. Sheriff Dalrymple, um, you know, puts all the ed evidence down on the floor in the middle of all of you and says, Miss Adia, is this true? And she brandishes a knife that she had been sharpening. I could have gotten away with it if it weren't for you two. And she goes running toward you. Uh, Hyacinth says, Sheriff, I'll handle this and pulls out her pistol and just aims it at uh, Chin's head. She doesn't stop. She is still running toward you. Uh, Hyacinth flicks down and shoots her in the stomach. Oh, oh I need that. Oh. It probably won't kill you. <laughs> if oh. only we had Dr. Crime here to patch you up. <laughs> Sheriff, she's all yours. You hear her knife clatter to the ground as uh, she's taken out by this bullet. And she is... She's just uh, stone-faced. She uh, doesn't know how to process any of this. 
I, I'm gonna get out of this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open that restaurant. <laughs> I'm gonna get back at you too. Honey, you should save your energy. You just got shot. She passes out, and Sheriff Dalrymple handcuffs her, even though she is injured. Uh, Sheriff, remember pressure on the wound. Don't want her to bleed out before she gets to the station, huh? Oh, oh, uh, all right. So he is handcuffing chin even though she's injured yeah also let's call it a mild injury she's not like dying she's just the bullet miraculously missed all of her internal organs if you need any medical assistance sheriff i know of a doctor it's me i played one on tv you hold up your medical bag (laughs) (laughs) fantastic Um, we now are, are about to leave Brindlewood Bay. Uh, Sheriff Dalrymple, during the ending credits, is um, handcuffing and now bandaged up chin uh, off of the boat. You are now docked back at Brindlewood Bay. All of the guests are um, kissing the ground. <laughs> They're so happy to be back on land fish at the fishmonger stand. Edgar is standing with his hands on his hips on the gangway like, yeah, yeah, get off the boat. She's mine anyway. Yeah, what do you two do as you are exiting the boat? Hyacinth lights a cigarette and looks for Yelle. Yeah, he has his shirt halfway unbuttoned and he's got his coat over his arm and he's like, well, I think I'm out at the job. That's a shame. You make a mean drink. Can I make you another one? Please. As long as Maxine can join, of course. And Maxine is listening from behind. Yes, as long as I can join. <laughs> I did not think Hyacinth was going to use that pistol. I got to say, I mean, maybe Hyacinth is on the way out. is like, I didn't think I was going to have to use the pistol, but I'm so glad I brought it. Yeah. And the three of you head over to the Japanese toy truck with Merlin in tow and you drive back home. Friends, wow, that was the thrilling conclusion of Cozy City. For now. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. This episode was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. It was produced by me, Jen De La Vega. Edited and sound designed by Sam Grant. Mixed and mastered by Mike Regnetta. Pixel Riffs is a trio of frogs croaking into the night along the bay. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. I'm Bijan Steven, and I played Hyacinth Carter, who shot someone. You can find me on the internet if you Google my name. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Bijan Steven, uh, soon to be without a checkmark. I'm Shannon O'Dell, and I played the dashing, the daring, the overly dramatic Maxine Mabel. You can find me at Shodell. And I have been your keeper for this special edition miniseries of Cozy City. I am Jen De La Vega, and you can follow me online at Randwiches. Thank you so much for listening to my first time GMing. We'll see you back at Fun City. <laughs>